We are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. How are we today? We good? Jeff, you've got different beers today. New beers? Yeah, this is was the cheapest available from a, a supermarket owned brand liquor shop. <laughs> I didn't know that it was own brand, but I certainly knew it was the cheapest. Is it like buying Tesco Value Lager? Do you remember Tesco oh, Value Lager? Uh, beard, beard or beard yeah. or? Oh, it's <laughs> French, yes, beard or? Yeah, it came with the little bottles. Beard yeah. 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 It's just like that, yeah. just like that. But I'm a grown up. That was like three pounds fifty for a twelve pack. Yeah, or something weird that. Like that. I'm drinking that as a, as an adult with money. Oh, good. Not that much money, good but <laughs> some. I'm drinking $5 wine, which is delicious. Yeah, there we go, John. Get on board. Yeah, We are The Football Sheds, your weekly podcast by three English blokes that live here in Melbourne. Um, we record each week in Jeff's shed, hence the name Football Shed. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review. Um, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and tell your mates about it. If you want to get in contact, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Um, you can also find us on our fancy new website, footballshed.com, which is uh, very pretty and nice. Um, every week we start with a question. This week's question is about Mo Salah. Mo Salah! Or No Salad, as it says on my phone, because it auto-corrects to No Salad. <laughs> um, no Salad scored his 50th Premier League goal at the weekend. How many games did it take him to get there? 65. What? Six, what? Or is it 67? Is that for Liverpool or in total in the Premier League? His Premier League, he's got 50 Premier League goals. Yeah. How many games did it take him? And so there's, the, there was a bit third, of time. The third quickest? He is the third quickest. Oh, I, I think you're wrong, Roger. I think it's 80 something. 86, 87? 69. Fuck. Whoa. Yeah, I. And considering it. he had so many games for Chelsea where he was crap. Yes, exactly. He basically scored. 48 in about 50 games for Liverpool. That is brilliant. Shearer did it in 64. Shearer did it in 66. And then, do you know who's second? And, you know, last week we were talking about whether you'd have Henri or Aguero in the team. Yeah. This guy always gets forget forgotten. Um, he's a very good striker, but a bit ugly. Uh, Tevez? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I like this game. Go on. Torres, but Salah just beat Torres. No, Torres isn't ugly. Torres is a no. handsome, chiselled man. He's full of testosterone, that bloke. He's got a long face. Um, long, long face. face. Shane Long. <laughs> no, Shane Long. I think it's Shane Long's uh, 50 goals. What's his, what's his nationality? No, that'll give it away. <laughs> no, go on. What's his nationality? Dutch. Dutch. Uh, Rude Van Horseface. Yeah. yeah. Rude Van Nistelrooy. <laughs> um, I, I, I just got no time for him. Well, no, because it's interesting. He's, he took 68 games to score 50 goals, which is an incredible record. And yeah. he was brilliant for Man United. But I, as a Man United fan, I don't have a place in my heart for Rude Van Nistelrooy. Well, he was just like, he was efficient, boring, and just a bit ugly. But he's a nice guy. Bit you know, ugly. I, you can't judge him. I, um, I recently watched. I don't know how I stumbled across it. I might have just been browsing the internet. But I watched a documentary on Ruben Van Nistelrooy. Um, it's one of these, you know, just they're the players talking and they're going through their career and oh, what have yeah. you. And he came. He came across a really nice guy, and I yeah. felt a bit bad because I always hated him on the football pitch. I'm like, yeah. what? A Mainly because he played for Man United and he scored lots of goals, and they were often quite boring. And he looked like a horse. So I, just, I, just, I was like, who is this guy? But I think we underrate him. Yeah, Because some of the goals he scored were actually... Like, I think of him as only scoring in the six-yard box. But he actually... 
He scored one he, against he Fulham when he ran from the halfway line and took on everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and he was, I think, those seasons where he was at United, he's up there with the best strikers we've seen in the Premier League. Firstly, I, I think most Dutch people are nice. Like yeah. when you talk to Dutch True. people, they're often just pleasant, aren't they? Yeah. Like they're Frank de Boer. No, he's an he's an idiot. <laughs> but he's spent most of his time outside of Holland. Like it's worn, it's worn <laughs> off. Yeah. Oh. Um, but most Dutch people are nice. So yeah. he's probably quite nice. Um, yeah. Not every Dutchman looks like a horse. No, he's quite a special Dutchman. <laughs> yes. uh, but it's funny because every time we talk about this stuff, we talk about these records, we bring Shearer's name up. Now Shearer, I would say, is mostly mentioned for the records and and uh, I'm going to stumble over this but not necessarily mentioned in the best strikers you've seen no isn't that interesting because his his records are, are incredible uh, do you think that they're going to be surpassed do you think Shearer's records he's going to lose his place on match of the day to someone because actually well I think yeah I think someone will score more goals because he's got 260 odd yeah, that's it, Premier yeah. League goals someone will beat that um, who I, I don't know Probably Harry Kane. And, well, I think Harry Kane started a bit too old. I, I think Lukaku's yeah. got a chance. It's, Lukaku's current strike rate will get there as long as he stays. And if you think 260 goals, that means you scored 26 goals for 10 years in a row. Like that, you've got to be injury free. It's a lot. Playing in a team that scores a lot of goals, that's hard. And to it do. wasn't injury free. I mean, I we did talk about Shearer last week when we were talking about when we were comparing Aguero and. Um, uh, God, who Henry. we were, Henri, yeah, um, and you brought up Shearer in terms yeah. of you know just being someone that if you had a chance that you know you'd, rely you'd on want him. you'd want them there, and he was definitely that. I mean, I maybe he didn't play in as like but sexy team or the football like when he was at Blackburn, you know the football wasn't great, but he just it was essentially they were like. Four four two, two old fashioned wingers, and Shearer and Sutton up front, and he yeah. just scored so many goals. But I, I mean, I, I think he was brilliant. Ruud van Nistelrooy was a similar kind of striker, though. He was nothing flashy, but you could trust he'll put the ball in the net. But um, Ruud is now assistant manager at Ajax, who play in Champions League tomorrow against Juventus. Um, oh, that's and, a big game. Yeah, but they're talking that he'll take over whenever the coach is. Uh, but that, that's because that's, that's what Ajax do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's done the youth team and now he's worked as assistant manager. But he never played at Ajax, did he? No. He was PSV, I think. PSV. Yeah. No, but yeah. In Holland, that is, that's the model. You start as an under-18s coach, go to an under-21s coach, then you're, then you're assistant manager, then you yeah. get the big wig job. Yeah. That's the I'm, way it works. Might get up and watch that tomorrow. The game should be good. I think you should watch Man United Barcelona, Rog. Nah. <laughs> nah, no one cares about that one. Um, but anyway, the Champions League this morning happened. Um, Spurs got a win against Man City. Okay, right. Oh. If you're going to have a nice new stadium, you've got to sing better songs. <laughs> What's their song? Well, it's just, they were, when the Saints go marching yeah, in. that's rubbish. Hearing yeah. 60,000 people sing When the Saints go marching and in glory, is rubbish. And glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, all of them, I'm thinking, like, they've created this atmosphere. I don't think they've thought about well, I don't the understand content. the Saints go marching in, because they're Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I, I don't where know. Saints come from. Some, Look, I'm I'm not going to defend them here. I, I just yeah. think that get some new chance. They've forgotten that material counts. You know, the substance <laughs> counts. They, they've like they've created the most amazing human sound system known to man in global football, and they've given them a bunch of fucking nineties classics to reel out. Like they, they really have missed the point. Yeah, no, that's true. But anyway, that, sorry, that was your observation. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. There were some other things that happened. Um, but I did think Spurs were brilliant this morning. Like they restricted Man City to not many chances, 
Um, they got tired towards the end. Um, even though they got their goal at the end, they were tired and they were holding on a little bit. But I think Pochettino did a great job on Guardiola and Guardiola maybe ran out of ideas. Um, he did start Mares and Delph. So maybe that's like, is he resting players? Is he thinking, oh, I'll be all right first leg, we'll get it in the second leg. Um, but I think Spurs... I, I said on WhatsApp to you guys this morning that I almost think Spurs should have drawn nil-nil would be preferable to winning 1-0 because now they've won 1-0 people are going to think they have a chance if it was 0-0 I think there would be less pressure on them and they'd actually go into that second leg going we can just hold on and grab a goal and then you get an away goal yeah I don't know if I mean I I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. I think 1-0 is a great result for Spurs. Not conceding an away goal is big and you can't underestimate it. I know, Jeff, you're going to probably jump in here and talk about away goals not being worth more. But, you know, all Spurs have to score once. Man City then have to score three times. I think that's significant. I think it... um, Maybe Kane won't be such a big miss in that second leg because I think it's likely that Mora will come in to replace him. And I think Spurs can then set up with Sun and Mora on the counter attack, and they'll cause Man City problems. Yeah. Um, and I, do you know that um, one player in particular stood out for me today for Spurs? I mean, I think in general their midfield was better. Yeah. Particularly in the first, like it, first half was a better game. It drifted a bit in the second half, especially after Spurs' yeah. goal. But uh, Harry Winks, I thought, was brilliant. Now, he's one of these players. I'm never quite sure whether he's good or not. I'm still convinced. But I, but then I see him play, and I'm like, this, he's really good. And he can do it all. Like, he, like I, I think he's one of these ones. You know, we talk about his players. If they were playing in Spain, for instance, yeah. people would be raving Him and James Ward-Prowse would be starting for the Spanish yeah, midfield. Yeah, <laughs> but I just, you know, he doesn't lose the ball. Um, he can... He can go past players deceptively well. Mm. Like he's got a good, you know, he's good on both feet. He can change direction. Um, he always seems to pick the right pass. And I was really impressed with him this morning. Like he hasn't played for a few games. But I thought he looked great. He doesn't panic in possession either. Like he, when he gets the ball in a close spot, he yeah. doesn't panic. He'll just make space, get a pass person and make a pass. He's also very good defensively. Like yeah. he'll harass and close down and stuff. Um, and Spurs have been a bit off the last few weeks. And I think the reason they've been off the last few weeks is because Harry Winks hasn't played. Like, yeah, you can say Kane's not fully fit or Son's not been on form. But I think Winks is the person in midfield who makes them tick. And he's one of those players who plays the pass before the important pass. And he builds that play from the base. Um, and when he plays for England, like when we beat Spain, he started. And he was amazing. And um, I think he's massively underrated. He outshone Gundogan this morning. He yeah. was essentially Gundogan for... City is fulfilling a similar role, yeah. but I, I don't think it quite works with him because I don't think he's good enough defensively. Whereas I, I think that Winks is better than Gundogan. Like yeah. is very neat on the ball, but I just don't know whether he's got that same. Doesn't necessarily read the play as well defensively, and got as much steel. It's interesting. What I what I noticed this morning. So what I think Spurs did very well was. And, and I'll extrapolate on this because people talk about compact or defensive. But would you remember a few weeks ago on the shed, we, we um, pulled apart Eden Hazard. Yeah. And it was his second touch that created the space. Yeah. You know, we, we were talking about, you know, he'd take a touch, his second touch would look like he'd over, yeah. over hit it. Do you know what I mean? And then he'd stretch onto it and curl it to the top corner. And it was, it was the way defenders reacted to that second close touch that went too far. Like he miscontrolled it. Now, when you watch Man City player, 
it's not they don't just have an Eden Hazard who does that pretty much everyone does that Raheem <laughs> Sterling does that yeah. Gundogan does that they, it's even Sergio Aguero to a point does it and then he scores on the stretch yeah. what Spurs did was they remained compact to the initial threat but then they had a covering man for that extra second touch and there was a point in the second half where I thought it was just so perfectly um evident that that was exactly what they were trying to do when Sterling was cutting in from the left-hand side. Took his first touch, which was very close control. Second touch to take it inside, which is normally when Sterling just curls it into the top. Mm. That second touch appeared heavy, but essentially it was Sterling knowing his distances and knowing that on the stretch he's probably going to get it past a side-stepping defender. But there was a covering defender, so they were compact on the second phase of Man City's attacks. They were doing that all over the park. And what that did was took the sting out of the the kind of edge-of-your-seat attack that Manchester City always have. They always push the parameters, don't they? They always get as wide as they can, as deep as they can, yeah. right on the touch. Make the pitch big. And that's because yeah. they're making their touch long, because they know what their capabilities are. So if you predict that in Manchester City, like Spurs did this morning, they're covering for that extra movement, which yeah. means that they're getting compact to that second movement, not the first. And I thought Sissoko was brilliant at being that person to just kind of mop up. Like, whenever it went... Man City did get through and got past someone. Suddenly, Sissoko turns up and just sticks a foot in. And whether he fouls them or not, it doesn't yeah. matter. He just we took the piss out of him last week because he couldn't finish. But he was brilliant this morning. Well, I said he's had a very good year. Yeah, and I think again last night he was good. Like he's a physical specimen for a yeah. start, so he can he can <laughs> like he can cover, he just, seriously cover the ground. Oh, he, like, like he <clears> plays <throat> like you know they used to say at Leicester that they played three in midfield with Drinkwater middle and Kante either side. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sissoko's <laughs> basically the same. He's just the kind of that guy who's like Winks just holds it all in the middle and then Sissoko just goes everywhere else. Yeah. And then he, he always like, doesn't want to get the ball because when he does he's useless. Yeah, he just, he just, just, Harry he just Winks. Yeah, needs to get rid yeah. of it. I mean, I thought all Spurs midfielders they functioned well as a unit but they also played well individually like um, I thought Ali played quite well and you know linked between the the midfield and the front men. Eriksen we know his class and his ball for um for Sun's goal was great. But I I actually, as good as Spurs were, I think that Man City were quite poor this morning, and I want to criticise Pep. Okay, you know, he doesn't mm-hmm. get much criticism, yeah. and we know he's very good, and we know all the brilliant things he's done, and Man City do. If he has a weakness, I think it's that he is so confident or believes in his system so, like implicitly like there's no doubt you know this his system works and this is the way he's going to play that mm. sometimes he can be slow to recognize that he might need to change things yeah and i think in the second half in particular after spurs scored he he let the game drift a bit like there was a you know 15 20 minute spell where not that much happened and i thought that you know spurs are like well this is great you know we i think 1-0 is a great result for spurs and i don't think that Guardiola recognised that and I thought Mares had a really poor game I thought that from the start he just looked a yard off the pace now yeah. you could argue that maybe he's quite a laconic player anyway he can sort of look a bit like that even when he's playing at his best but I thought you talk about Man City stretching the pitch um that doesn't happen as much when they've got Mares. Particularly, you've got Mares on the right, comes in on his left foot. Sterling on the left, always mm. comes in on his right foot. And when it's Sterling and um, Sane playing together, you can switch it. 
Yeah. So you can you can switch them around. So you can have them coming inside. You can then make the pitch big and have Sane on the left and Sterling on the right. And with Mares, Mares never plays on the left no. because he doesn't. He's got one trick, which is to cut in on his left foot, and that doesn't. For some reason, it's never like I don't think I've ever seen him play on the left. Mm. So it meant that they was they couldn't really stretch the game as mm. much. And I think Man City are at their best when Sterling and Sane. Yeah. Like you can't rest because they're both so quick, and then you know Gundogan, I just don't think has the same penetration. May I, I? You talked about it this morning, John, in terms of um, perhaps last year's result against Liverpool was in Pep's mind, yeah. and he didn't want to go into the second leg being you know way behind, and so maybe he's happy for a one nil. And I, I mean, I think there might be something in that, but at the same time, I think that you know this was Man City's opportunity to play on the counter attack. So to me, you play your best two counter attackers, which are Sterling and Sane, because of their speed. And I think they could have gotten away goal, you, and, he, and he could have brought them. Why bring them on with bring on De Bruyne and Sane with three minutes left? Like at least give them fifteen minutes. Like in the um, last leg against Schalke, brought on Sane, scored those two late goals in the first leg, which. To turn tie it's not going to do that in five minutes I, I agree those substitutions should have happened way why didn't he why did you think he'd sat on his but, hands um, but you, we can't be surprised by this you know, you know his, we've discussed it like, you know his ethos is you don't have to have a plan B if your team is not winning it's because you're not doing your job well enough well, maybe I'll say that's plan, his weakness but for him that's his great strength yeah. because for him it's like what that does is it breeds perfection it means that you are well drilled, you are the machine, and when the machine is functioning, you win games of football. And if you're not winning games of football, it's because there's something in your machine that is not functioning, and that's what you have to fix. It's not, we have machine A for problem A, we have machine B for problem B, and setting number four for problem number four. But I would argue that in the one of the biggest games of the season, you want the best cogs in that machine playing. I think I'm also- sorry, Marez, and Marez is an expensive squad player. Um, it's a £60 million squad player. But they're playing Spurs three games basically in a row. There's one game against Crystal Palace, I think Man City have in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Um, but they're playing Spurs three games in a row, playing the same team that often that isn't that different in standard. You're probably going to lose one out of three. There's probably going to be a draw and there's probably going to be a win for the other team at some point. So Man City have got their loss out of the way. I don't think they'll lose again to Man uh, to Spurs in the next two games. You're, you're, I think so, you're right, John. So do you and think they'll go lose. through? In the I think they'll League? go through. If you're going to lose one, this is the one to lose. Yeah, and, and I think by one by one goal. Yeah, and I think there there's no way they're going to lose the next one. They're not going to lose two more games to Spurs. It's just not going to happen. I think they'll smash them in the league, and then I think they'll get through. But I think they'll scrape through in the Champions League. And I think he knew that there was a. This game is the game to just get through it and be as close as possible. But there's no point. Last year against Liverpool, they went out and then three 0 down in half an hour because they're just against counter attack, mm. and it was all over before they'd even begun. So he just didn't want to do that. He was just like, "We'll make sure we're still in the game at the other end." And I think they'll be fine at home now. I think they could smash them. I, I agree with that, but I still, to me, that still doesn't excuse they're not changing things. No, because, you know, I think because they missed a trick because I think they could have got a goal, and all of a sudden, if you get that away goal, then it's if they go turn around at one all, then they're massive favourites. And I, I think Spurs, 
it suits Spurs now because they can sit back and we know that Man City can be vulnerable on the counter-attack and I, I think Spurs will score. So I, 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 I don't see this as a foregone conclusion. So who, who do you reckon is going through? City, 100%. City. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I still think they'll go through. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they made, they've made their life difficult. Um, one thing before we go off the Spurs, um, Liv- uh, not Liverpool, I just read the word Liverpool, Spurs-Man City game. I wanted to mention what Danny Rose said after we spoke about the crappy racism stuff that was happening in Italy last week. Danny Rose came out this week and said he can't wait to quit playing football because he's had enough of the racism. And I just thought that was really sad that a guy who's basically living the dream of millions and millions of kids around the world just can't wait to not be in that workplace anymore because of the abuse he gets. And it just it, it just made me really sad. Bothered, with... bothered me too. Um, and we had two more incidents of racism reported at the weekend yeah. in, in English football. Yeah, like, yeah I agree. It's, it's oh, we, as I said last week, we can't be naive that this is a foreign, this is a foreign problem. That in, <laughs> itself, like, you know, that's, that in itself is a bad comment. Yeah. This isn't something that happens overseas and we're immune to it. It's, it's the opposite. No. It's all over the Premier League. Um, Liverpool won 2-0. Against Porto, are they through? Yeah, boring. We next. We already <laughs> like. Come on, we everyone wanted to play Porto. We knew, we know they're going through here. Like, yeah, fun, you know, functional, efficient, two 0 win. <laughs> Move on. I'd rather talk about their league game. Um, on the, <laughs> well, we can move on to their league game as well, but. Um, I wanted to bring up uh, Naby Keita, my tip for Player of the Year, who's yeah. now scored two and two. Oh, he's, he's... It's generous giving him the goal this morning. Oh no, it, but... is, it is generous. <laughs> I'm he's, I reckon he's still in there for Player of the Year. You never know. He oh, could have a great no. last five weeks. I like season. that you're trying to sell it, but uh, <laughs> sell it early, John. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, his assist I thought was very good he's a more likely player of the year I think for Liverpool John um, I, so in all honesty you think Porto have got no hope yeah. yes okay yeah, no, Liverpool, I, yeah, yeah. Liverpool will definitely score agree. away and therefore they've got to score four goals so just wouldn't yeah. you love to see it though wouldn't you love to see Liverpool collapse <laughs> four days to come back no no I I mean I know you're an Everton fan but I, I mean Liverpool always do and I mean maybe I'll have a bit of a chuckle but no it's, <laughs> it's been long enough now and I'm I'm on board you know what Klopp's like and he's he's got he's got his claws into me I'm uh, yeah. I, I feel yeah. invested in Liverpool I want them to win but there's something about the you just okay we the just glorious uh, failure yeah I love it I love it I love it so much I love the fact that it's such a foregone conclusion that when we're all wrong I love how that feels I love watching the pain of people just being so assured that it's nothing to worry about. I love Porto scoring an early goal in that game and the panic start to kick in. Oh, they'll find a, a way to make it difficult. A, a couple of sliced clearances yeah. and then there is there are no more songs. Lovren will score her own goal. I and... love it. I can't wait for that to happen. Well, talking of glorious failure, let's talk about the FA Cup game between Watford and Wolves. Because Wolves what a game. were 2-0 up with... Ten minutes left, basically. Yeah, and oh, that wasn't that. It was not with that, wasn't it? No, they had Stelfo scored the equaliser on the seventy ninth yeah. minute. Um, but they started bringing off their strikers and stuff and putting on extra defenders, and they're like, "This game over." And then Fat Jerry comes off the bench and scores the most ridiculous chip cross. 
caress. He like meant that. it. But oh, what did he... he do with his leg? The weirdest thing was he kicked sideways. it sideways. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what is he? Do-? And then he left it out there. He left his leg dangling you know, out. So was... It's like a pitching wedge. It was. The first goal he ever st- scored for Everton against Arsenal yeah. when Everton won 1-0 and it was inside the box. He did a little shimmy. He did the same thing with his leg. And I've watched that goal a <laughs> hundred times and I still don't understand how the ball went in the direction it went with him standing where he was standing yeah. and the defender there. But but it didn't he didn't spoon it. No. That was his intention. He put the ball somewhere where his leg could twist miraculously yeah. around it in a way that would punt it where he wanted it to go. This was a a slow motion version of that. Yeah. That I've watched it so much I don't get it. And not that, but the nonchalance. The oh, way that right, he just, when he did it. He yeah. stood there. There's a de- you couldn't say there was anything wrong with the defence. Defender was in the right place. Yeah. Goalkeeper's in the right place. And he stood there going, I'm not running. There's no movement. Everyone just chill out. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to spadge my foot around this yeah. in a way that no one's ever seen. And, and no bat lift. No. Like, it was it, brilliant. I, I think you could try and do that another hundred times and not pull it off. Like, Mate, I only... won't do that in my lifetime. No. Well, <laughs> I just... I, and, I, and, you know, he came on, what, 75 minutes? He'd only yeah. been on the pitch for five minutes... Um, I thought it was brilliant, but this is when I see a game like this, I'm like, I still believe in the FA Cup. Yeah, because it'll... these we've talked about these teams through the FA Cup this year because we've said that probably one of these two teams really has a decent chance to win a trophy here. Um, and I think as it's progressed, they have been taking it more seriously. And then this game, you know, amazing atmosphere. You know, huge number of fans at the game. You could tell every player out there was up for it. Like this was a massive, massive yeah. game, and then they produced a brilliant game of football. I just thought it was like and great goals. Like Jimenez's goal as well yeah. was brilliant. The way he brought that down his yeah. chest, chested and it, and Iceman sure Troy Deeney scoring a penalty. Troy Deeney's penalty in oh. the ninety-fourth minute after like two minutes of standing around for VAR yeah. is amazing. And did you uh, like? Did you see the whole time he was standing around? He was just staring at the Watford fans. Yeah, it was just like eye contact with the Watford fans. As soon as he went nut penalty, he just turned around, got on the spot. Yeah, boof. And you, I didn't think he'd miss it. Like he's that sort of player, yeah. you know. In that moment, and you could just see how much he. It, like he cared about it, he was so excited and so happy. I don't to think get there's, there's one man that I would rather take for no. that in those in that instance for that club. There isn't a better person to take that. Kick. How good would it be to see Deeney win the FA Cup? <laughs> like, I, there's nothing more I want right now before the end of this season against the City Machine. Against City Machine to Troy Deeney to score the winner in the, the FA thing Cup. Is, every, every time I hear him in interviews, obviously he gave a, his interview after that game went viral. And if you've not seen it, he's yeah. talking about how emotional it was. In fact, he nearly cried. He used to pay £10 to play football. You know, he's yeah. talking about his own journey. And that's a good thing. It's great to hear. Every time I hear Troy Deeney as a pundit or interviewed, I love him more. Yeah. He is such a normal bloke. In yeah. fact, he's not just a normal bloke. He's like, he's a humble, almost less than normal bloke. Yeah. Heartless, heartlessly. He's nothing yeah. but heart. Yeah. Like, and nothing but who he is. And he not only that, but he has the same disdain to the rest of the world that I love. Yeah. I'm like, he, he hates everyone. Yeah. And he hates kids today. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hates popular culture. He hates iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Like, he fucking is disgusted by the way the world's gone. <laughs> and I love it. But he's also improved himself constantly. Like He spent six yeah. weeks in jail for, I think it was drink driving, or I can't remember. Um, but he spent time in jail. He basically could have... Con- wasn't it aggravated assault? Wasn't I, can't, I don't know. I can't remember. But he... Um, he could have not had a football career 
and it could have all gone wrong. Um, and apparently when he came out of jail, his family threw a party for him to go, hey, welcome home. And he's like, no, this is not a party. I've just been in jail. Like, I fucked up. I've got this wrong. And he's made a whole point of improving himself. And now he's playing in the Premier League, captaining in his team to the FA Cup final. Like, good it's on It's a him. great story, yeah. And I, I just, you just see a game like this and you're like, that's... You, you, you just smile because yeah. it's just it's so good. It had so so much happened. Like, mm. It's all the good things about football. It had everything. It's gone to extra time. I, I mean, I. Some people would say, oh, maybe if it went to penalties, you know, and get the drama penalties. But I actually prefer it when it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. Winner. brilliant. And Delafay's winner. Yeah, yeah, that was and, another great finish. And right. you know, I actually think the same way we talk about Troy Deeney, for a, in a different way, I'm really glad this has happened to Delafay. <laughs> Yeah, because he's always even so he was in if you ever read the BBC website he was in Garth Crooks' team of the week yeah. and when you read the blurb that Garth Crooks wrote the last line was I really didn't want to put him in it but I couldn't I couldn't not because of his goal yeah. and that line in itself kind of summed up the way people think about this boat they're like because of his inconsistencies because he's been a bit of a journeyman they go does he care enough yeah. does he think he's better than he is it's it's painted him in this light that he's you know I really don't want to give him praise. He's I really got all don't the want talent, to, but it doesn't. Yeah, use but it. he doesn't use it. What yeah. a waste! What a waste of a footballer. Actually, for him to perform like that as a sub in the semi final, he deserves that too. Yeah. He yeah. deserves us sitting here saying that's one of the most magical FA Cup yeah. goals we've ever seen. Yeah. Change the game, yeah. and and rightly so. And I, I think so. You know, they they both just like bloomed in that yeah. other um, FA Cup game. Yeah, uh, nothing to see here. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> City machine. Manchester City one. Yeah. Brighton and Hove Uber nil. <clears throat> no one cares. Well done, City. You're in the final. Um, let's move on to the Premier League. Fuck off, Man City. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've just spoken about how amazing the FA Cup is. Way to just ruin a weekend. Yeah. It's so. We should have gone the other way around. So boring. First. Yeah. They're so dull. I've. I've Obviously, you can. We are lucky because we've been. I think it was what week number five, week yeah. number six. Where I was like, well, I'm going to say something that's going to be unpopular here, but fuck off. This is the. I think you're right. Yeah, it was the, very, very early on, and at the time it was, I think, controversial because they were winning five 0 every week, and everyone was like gushing, and you were just like, nah, boring. I'm like, fed up of it, and I've been fed up of it all year, and, and I'm fed up of it now. And the sooner it gets dismantled and they get done for financial fair play, the better everyone will be. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the top four in the Premier League. Um, Everton had a big say in this, Jeff. You uh, beat Arsenal 1-0. With, yeah. Um, young new centre-back Phil Jagielka. <laughs> <laughs> Rising up and coming. Um, 37-year-old Jagielka now, I think. Uh, do you know he's the oldest uh, Premier League goal scorer this year? Wow. Yeah. Knowledge. He didn't even know he was going to play. It was only because Michael Keane had a virus. Yeah. It, is this his first game this season? No, he played for the first two games and then he got sent off. He got a straight red for a oh, bad challenge right. and then didn't get back in the team. Um, I mean, Everton, this is the most underwhelming time in the season to have your best run of form because <laughs> there's nothing to play for. It's completely pointless. Completely pointless. The Everton um, Cup. However, oh yeah, they're having a great run towards the Everton Cup. However, Everton have kept five out of six clean sheets. And if you think that three of those games were against Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal and they got seven points out of those three games, that's incredible. Yeah. We were sitting here a month ago. Well, obviously January, February was the worst. They were, they were relegation form. They were, they were only beaten by Huddersfield in January, February for their form. However, pre-January and February, we know that they were doing all right. And now it's, it's absolutely brilliant. If anything, it will mean that there's positive vibes going into the summer. But right now, what a pointless time to be on such a great run. Um, 
You did genuinely play well against Arsenal. Were you really good or were Arsenal just massively crap? Because they're always crap away from home. Well, I think that you're starting to see players improve under Marco Silva. And I, and I say that because they're starting to forge relationships. Now, that didn't happen earlier this season. Everton were conceding set pieces for fun. And, you know, the statistic in February was at the highest... The most amount of goals conceded by a second piece out of anyone yeah. in the Premier League, and that you know five that's million that's six, that's completely yeah. stopped. Um, so we're starting to see development, and it, actually, in Marco Silva's managerial career in England, this is the first time we've seen him post a slump. You know, he he got relegated with with normally he's left by now. That, that's exactly <laughs> right. You know, so we're actually seeing the development of youth. So, so back to your question: Is it Everton being good or Arsenal being bad? It's both. Yeah. Everton had twenty-seven shots to Arsenal's seven. Like that's an indictment on both clubs. Yeah. Like Everton were excellent, but they should have scored more goals. And Arsenal were woeful. I'll yeah. stick the boot into Arsenal here. Yeah. Uh, so they I think they've got about twenty-two points from away games this year. So they're on uh, sixty-three. Yeah. So it's not very good. No. And I think when you look at the teams they've beaten away. It's you know it's like Huddersfield, Fulham, Cardiff, Brighton teams that you should just teams roll that over. you should yeah. beat like and they you know any of the bigger teams they just ha- and they're, and they're away so their away form is essentially what's massively let them down um, and they'd be you know they'd be a, sh- a shoe in for the top four if their away form was a little bit better um, so it's definitely an issue uh, I mean we and it's same old Arsenal like we talked about their running being quite good but often Arsenal. Well, tend to stumble when they their have running games. is quite good, but four of their last six games are away from home. Oh, well, there you go. So it doesn't matter if they're playing crap teams, whether it's who they've got Leicester away, Watford away, Burnley away, Wolves away, which you should, in theory, go. Oh, I can win all those, but they could actually end up losing them all. I've got a question as well. Yeah. What did Ozil do with his coat? Like, why did he? Oh, why did he throw his coat? Like, well, just, he just had a hissy fit because he only earns three hundred and fifty grand a week, and he needs a bit more for a new coat. Why did he throw it at the, both coaches? It was just know. weird. Just, and then he, it, his facial expression was weird afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't quite understand. I think he it. just got confused because they kind of look the same. Those two coaches. <laughs> uh, I, I think the player that surprised me in this game, man of the match, DCL. For people who aren't uh, Dominic Calvin lovers, <laughs> DCL. I don't, I don't like it. DCL. No. Rog, DCL. No, we're, 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 we're riding with it and we're going to go with it. DCL. Dominic Calvin, Calvin Lewis. Calvin DCL. <laughs> who, by the way, is Not I Calvert, think the, third, the third Everton player in our history whose name can also be an anagram for the word Everton. That is a fact. Not an a- You can spell Everton with the letters in, Dom- in DCL's name. <laughs> Well, he's got enough names. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Can't remember. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think he is a sign of the of, of the improvement in the team. Obviously, he's not scoring goals because he's crap at it, mm. but he's an incredibly good centre forward. Is he, he the new Anichibi? Oh, maybe. <laughs> he's quicker than Anichibi, but he's certainly in the same bracket. He's become an average Premier League player. Which is good because prior to this he wasn't. <laughs> he was a bad player. Premier League. I can player. see Dominic Calvert Lewin. Is that his name? Yeah, DCL. Um, having a Premier League career now, like I can see him playing for West Brom when they get promoted. <laughs> I can see him playing for Southampton when they're fighting relegation and scoring three goals in a season. Like I'm he's, just he's, hearing he's, a Nietzsche be here. He's <laughs> built a Premier League career for himself. I'm not sure he's going to be at the top level and he's going to change anything massively, but he's. 
got a Premier League career ahead of him, which that's progress. Um, let's talk about Chelsea. Yes, Do in, in the top four. Um, Eden Hazard's amazing solo goal. Yeah, not not only that, um, but his second goal was good too. Yeah. But I, Sarri's copped a lot of criticism this season and a fair bit from us on the shed. Yeah. If Chelsea finish in the top four and win the Europa League, brilliant season. So they've qualified for Champions League twice, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah what would that? We, they would certainly have taken that at the start of the year, wouldn't they? Hell yeah, because they finished fifth last year. So let me just get this straight. So if if Chelsea win the Europa League and finish fourth, then the fifth place gets Champions League. I don't know. I think they changed the rules so that it can be a maximum of fourth. Well, no, that's not the case because United finished sixth. Or fifth and one, but they might have changed league. it. Yeah, I think they've changed the rules since United two yes. years ago. Yeah, interesting. Okay. I will double check. We'll fact check for next week. But I, uh, yeah, I just, I just suddenly thought that, and I was like, you know what? Like I, maybe Sarri's actually doing okay. Um, I think if you take Hazard out of this team, I think Loftus Cheek also played really well in this game, and I'm glad he seems to be playing a bit. And uh, Hudson Odoi Hudson Odoi started. <clears throat> Barkley's pass for Hazard's second goal was brilliant. Mm. Like I, I feel like there are positives there as a Chelsea fan. Like it hasn't all come together, but we know about the transfer ban and what have you. I mean, I, I think Sarri's done enough. I would stick with him. Obviously, losing Hazard and let's. We've known for months. He's going. He's going. He's done. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be sad for Chelsea. It's going to be sad for the Premier League. We, you know, I said to you both, his goal um, just reminded me of playing football in the playground. And yeah. there's one kid who's like really good, and he just dribbles around everyone, and then, yeah. like, and then bags <laughs> it in the bottom corner. And that's exactly what, ha- like, it just yeah, it was like he was on a different planet to the other players. Um, it, it'll be a miss, but I think there's still enough there if you're a Chelsea fan to be excited about. They've got. Um, What's his name arriving as well, aren't they? The American guy. Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah. Can I politely disagree? Yeah. Well, I'd rather rudely disagree. I was going to say, you'd have to be polite about it. Well, no, I sometimes do. Because about I, Sarri? I sometimes, or? every now and then, if I do listen back to, to this podcast, I sometimes feel like I sound like a negative cunt. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I don't mean I'm quite a nice guy in the real world. But well, it's, um, yeah, it's like maybe I'm not. Maybe this is actually me. <laughs> Who knows? I hope not. I'm having a crisis. Um, what are you going to disagree about? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Chelsea are crap. <laughs> good, good argument. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right, not through a naivety. They try the same thing over and over and over and over again. So watching the whole Chelsea game this week, the obviously it's not the first time I've watched Chelsea this year, but it was so obvious this this week that they it's not like Guardiola does it has a plan A, like mm. it's a it's a fundamental strategy. It's not. They genuinely try the same play over and over again. And that play is either picked up by an opponent or not. And when it's not, they can score two or three goals and that's fine. If it is, they score no goals and they lose. And and that's it. But we talked well, I talked about it earlier in the year. Their home record this year has been amazing. Yeah. Like they've I think they've only dropped like they maybe they've lost once at home yeah. all year. Um, so I I think there's there's something there with his system that works at home, doesn't work away. Yeah, and he hasn't sussed that out. And yet. he hasn't sussed it out. And, it. But then he's doing better than Guardiola did in his first season at Man City. Yeah, like they scraped into fourth, whereas Chelsea are comfortably third at the moment, and they're doing better in Europe than Man City did in that season. So 
he's doing better than Guardiola. Is that just because they've got Hazard though? Hazard's oh. two, two goals behind Aguero. Yes. We talked about De Gea last... Yeah, but Guardiola had Aguero. Well, yeah, we talked exactly. about De Gea. I think they're different in a way because Aguero, like, Aguero is brilliant, but he's a finisher, right? Whereas mm. I think Hazard's everything. Yeah. Like, And we talk about De Gea winning United however many points last year. I'd argue... You could argue that Hazard has been that for Chelsea this year. Like, even this game. You know, yeah. you take Hazard out of that. Would they have, um, you know, broken them down and scored those goals? I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling when Hazard leaves Chelsea, it's not actually going to make them that much worse. Because they're... Having been to Stamford Bridge this season and watched Chelsea play and Hazard didn't start and they were crap and then Hazard came on and literally came on in the 70th minute the whole crowd stood up and started cheering his name for the next 20 minutes and he scored a goal like it's like not just the team but the whole club just goes Hazard will score like out. a Messiah complex yeah so. and, it's, and he's almost too big too powerful too in charge it's unbalanced it yeah. brings an unbalanced so yeah. uh, it's almost like young players go got a a bit remember when Henri was at the end of his Arsenal career and mm. it was like you had the young guys coming pass through. It to Henri, pass it to Henri. Give it to Henri. Oh no, yeah. I'm scared. It's mm. Henri. Where, so I think Hazard leaving may actually make your Hudson Odoys, your Loftus Cheeks actually that much better. Um, and I think it might remove that. Hazard's also too good to fit into a style of football. Sari plays football that's very stylized. Yeah. So if you remove this maverick player and get more people that fit into his style... I don't think they'll go backwards without him. I think they might stay struggle. The yeah, I think they'll stay the same. They might struggle to start with, but I think in the long term, it could actually do them good. So. But before we get, yeah, I think I think some in that. Before we get too far off the Premier League, I've got a couple of random questions about other games that I'd like to. We're throw not going out. anywhere off the Premier League, Jeff. We've got plenty of time, so oh. stick on the. Well, Premier then League. it is the random games. Uh, is have, wait, 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 stop, slow down. Top four. Yeah, let's talk about Liverpool, the champ. You're going to say the champions? Did you the, just did you, was that champions, champions elect? Did you just say champions, the champions elect. <laughs> um, yeah, Liverpool beat Southampton three one after coming back from a goal down. I like this game because it was at a reasonable time of day in Australia. I could yes. get up and watch enjoy it. it yeah, and, and Mo Salah scored a wonder goal to rescue. And them. he took his shirt off. Yes, it showed was, off his six pack. It was um, although I'm just going to take a slightly different opinion on this here, like. Yeah. Sometimes in football you see things and you're like, oh, that doesn't really make much sense. And to me, the Mo Salah goal was one of them in that Southampton were largely sitting deep and defending and, you know, playing, making themselves compact. You know, you're not doing all the right things. Yeah, doing all the right things. And then they get a corner and a couple of corners and they essentially throw everybody up for the corner without really leaving anybody back and then Mo Salah gets the ball on the edge of the box and essentially has a free run to I mean there's two things the other thing is I think if you're um, Bertrand was it Bertrand that he was yeah Ryan Bertrand you foul him yeah, just you take him down. Just take him down. Oh, no, 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 no,
Bertrand did exactly what Van Dyke did. He stayed off. He made sure that, that Salah couldn't play the crossfield pass. It was the same motion. But we're sitting here saying Salah's goal was a wonder goal and Bertrand should have, should have slid in. I, I completely disagree with you because the whole point is... The whole point is that one of them Salah <laughs> and one of them Sissoko. And you do it. You want Sissoko to shoot because you know he's crap. But you don't let Mo Salah have a free run and a free shot from the edge of the box. You just whatever you do, don't let him play the pass. Don't let him have the shot. And that could have happened. Bertrand he could have got taken down earlier. And in that instance, I know it's cynical, but if I was the Southampton coach, I'd have been saying. But if he's gone in for the challenge, he would have just passed it straight to. It's exactly right. No, earlier, earlier on, there were opportunities where they could have just sided mm-hmm. down. It was a hypothetical last week. We were like, so what would have happened if Sissoko would have scored? We would have said best defending, or he should have slid in. It's exactly what happened. <laughs> no, I. But no, it's a good point, Jeff. The, <laughs> I, I I disagree. But the um, the clever thing about the Van Dyke one was because he knew it was Sissoko and he he had confidence. We assume Sissoko would miss. Yeah, we assume, but. If you're defending deep and if you're compact, why would you then suddenly go, oh, you know what? We're a really good chance in this corner. Let's throw everybody up. Like, it's just it's it does make sense. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, but on that point, so Southampton <laughs> played pretty well. They for, did, yeah. They were excellent. Yeah, for the first hour at least. Um, they did lose, so they are still 17th. But do you reckon they're going to be okay? Like, going on to the relegation battle, Palace and Burnley both won. So there's a bit of breathing space for those guys. Southampton play Wolves at home this weekend. They've got to win that one, haven't they? I think Southampton are fine. I, I said last week that I'd have a bit of a, a glowing reference on Southampton. I don't think this is the week to do it because I think they threw it away when they put everyone up for a corner, which is a shame. Should have made the most of it last week. But I do think that they are. it's chalk and cheese versus where they were when the rabbit hutch came in and where they are now and I think that if you are a player who is going to move to the Premier League in the summer you're not looking at it like oh am I going to move to Cardiff if they survive you know you're not looking at it like a one season wonder you're looking at it like a development mm. like this team is getting better it's more organised he doesn't accept any shit which means the only players he's going to get are players who can put up with that they will be hard workers I think Southampton are in really good nick right now even Shane Long scored yeah, I know. Third goal of the season, I think. Or second. Third in 42 games. Third in 42 games. Prolific. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I, also agree with Jeff, I think, in that Southampton will be okay. It, you're always slightly nervous saying that when they're sitting in 17th, but uh, I think there's other teams. I think it, I almost think it's between Brighton and Cardiff. Yeah. Brighton and falling and... This you know. week is ginormous for both of those clubs. So Cardiff played two games this week. They played Burnley away and Brighton away. Now we know their away record is pretty atrocious. If they've got any chance of staying up, they have to win both of those games. If they don't win both of those games, it's all over. Cardiff are down. Um, and then Brighton play Bournemouth at home and then obviously have Cardiff at home the game after. So I think by basically by the time we sat here next week, I think we'll know who's going down. I, I agree that that Cardiff Burnley game is massive this week. You, um, you spoke about Palace. Mil- Milivojevic scored his tenth penalty of the season. Yeah. Do you have him in fantasy team, Rog? Probably should. Nice. Do, you, do you know? And I, I don't know this because I've not done the research, which is a shame. But the last person I remember scoring ten penalties in a season 
Andy Johnson was Andy Johnson for Crystal Palace that was the only way he got his goals oh yeah it was for Palace it was for Palace because when when he signed for Everton they realised that he just couldn't score (laughs) went down (laughs) like a second have they had more penalties than anyone else Uh, I don't know I feel like Roy Hodgson would whinge that he doesn't get enough penalties he probably doesn't yeah got got a reputation Um, is I'm going to move on to the Leicester Huddersfield pound result is um, Tillemans any good he's brilliant he's um Started at Anderlecht. Bit flaky. Belgian. Um, was really, really good for Anderlecht um, in the Belgian league uh, as a young guy. He plays kind of number eight, possibly number ten. Um, and Monaco paid a lot of money for him to replace, oh, maybe Jean Martino or paid someone. Like 35 mil. Yeah, paid like 35 mil for yeah. him. And he went there at the start of last season. Um, and it was, so it's the season. So the that, year after Monica were amazing. Yes. So after they sold all their good players, he was brought in as one of the replacements, um, and it just didn't work for him. Didn't really happen. Um, he struggled for form. He didn't. I think he got into the World Cup squad, but just and didn't play at all. And it kind of all went wrong. Um, so he's gone on loan to Leicester now. Oh, it's a clever loan signing. Actually. Brilliant. Yeah. And but the problem is now he's playing so well. It's your theory, Jeff. Like. You want people to come on loan and be quite good, but not really good, <laughs> <laughs> because then other people will come in. Yeah. And now people are going, Arsenal are going to sign him or whatever, and Leicester might miss out. But uh, he's brilliant. Really, really good. Interesting. I mean, I've not... Uh, he's not tickled my fancy so far this <laughs> this year. Obviously, when I watch Leicester, I look for James Madison, and, yeah. I, and I appreciate everything Madison does. Obviously. Great free kick again. Another amazing free kick. Uh, but yeah, I hear I hear Tillman's name all over the place, and, and I, I feel like I should be doing a bit right, more he's been uh, good investigative work. Oh, yeah, you know, you got him and Harvey Barnes and Madison all playing, yeah. and it's quite exciting. That's four in a row for Leicester now. I mean, they're uh, they're going all right. Tillman's is one of those rare players. He's a midfielder who can do it all. So he can tackle, he can pass, he can run, he can take people on, he can score a great goal. There aren't many of those. No, um, when it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. But when it goes well. It's really good. Um, oh, uh, on stats, it's only, I'm only going to say, I'm sorry, I'm jumping back here, but it's because it's 10 as well, and your stat was 10, which just made me think of it. Jordan Henderson got very excited when he scored his goal for Liverpool, Liverpool yeah. the third goal. Um, at his 10th season in a row that he's scored in. Wow. I've got some wow. trivia. Can you name uh, one of the other two players who have done that? Gareth Barry, Ryan Giggs. Premier League? No. Giggs? No. Was it Gareth Barry? No. Tenth season in Might a row. Might be current current player. Tenth okay. season in a row. Jagielka. Um, current Aguero? No. No, he's not been here ten seasons. There's three. Uh, Peter Crouch? No. Because um, he is still here, Peter Crouch. He's one of them... Uh, Place on one half of the Mersey and the other players on the other half of the Mersey. Ooh. Uh, Leighton Baines? No. Likes a pillow or a quilt. Likes a pillow or a quilt? What? Uh, uh, Theo Walcott? Yes. Theo Walcott! (laughs) (laughs) And then the other place for Liverpool, Daniel Sturridge. Yeah. Wow! And then Aaron Ramsey is the other. Yeah, very good. But I just thought, yeah, Henderson. I mean, he, I, I thought he was good in this game. He's been and he was really good um, in Champions League this morning. I love seeing someone love scoring. Yeah, so much. yeah, same. Like, yeah, yeah really meant a lot. Like, yeah. oh, good on, good on, Hendo. Um, <laughs> he did really enjoy it. Didn't he? Um, last thing on the Premier League. Talking of scoring goals, 
Who is going to win top scorer in the league? I'll give you a rundown of where we're at at the moment. Aguero's on 19. Salah's on 18. Abemiang's on 17. Kane's on 17. Mane's on 17. Hazard 16. Sterling and Vardy 15. So basically, there's four goals between eight very good players there. Who runs away with it? Do we know what the Kane status is? He's dead. Bugger. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's dead out. I put money on him when he was fifteen to one to finish uh, top, top goal scorer. <laughs> I'd cash out if I were you, because right? the bloke's I dead. Can't. He's got no ankles. Um, I'd say Abemiang. I think Abemiang's got a chance. I also have a sneaky feeling Jamie Vardy might have a chance. Like we were just talking about Leicester and they're suddenly playing well, um, and obviously Ben Brendan Rodgers has come in and gone. Jamie Vardy, you're my man, and he might just go on a bit of a run. He does a when, like you know, when he did that thing, he scored twelve games in a row, or whatever. He does that. He might just go. On he a bit does of that. <laughs> He's done that once. And Brendan Rodgers does come in and just like drool all over your shoulder and go, "I love you. Yeah. I love you, footballer." That's what he does. Um, give you a cuddle with his jeans. So my money's on Vardy. Mo Salah and Liverpool win the league. Ooh. Roger, that is a disgusting thought. Yeah, let's, great. Let's move on Fair to the championship. Um, Roger, do you want to give us a championship update? You boys? Not really. Are... I just want to talk about Bristol City. Well, you won three two this morning. Uh, Bristol City have only lost three games in twenty two. Wow. Um, in their last four games, they've beaten Sheffield United away, mm. who were obviously Sheffield United are up there in third, yeah. could go second again tomorrow. Um, this morning they beat West Brom three two in a thriller. They were three 0 up after nineteen minutes, and then you know West Brom came back. West Brom are a good team, mm. um, uh, and they also beat Middlesbrough one nil away, and then they drew two all with Wigan at the weekend. But uh, now well entrenched in the playoffs in fifth, they've got still a game in hand in most of the other teams there. Uh, it, it's a three Norwich are up. And I think Norwich yeah, have won it's the league, and, done, isn't it? and then it's going to be right down to the wire between Leeds and Sheffield United for that second automatic promotion spot. I personally, I'd like Leeds to come up just because I think we're ready to have Leeds back in the Premier League. But As Jeff says, they've done their time. They've done their time. <laughs> Sheffield United are also a big club. You know, no, they they deserve to they, stay they, there for a bit longer. They deserve stay <laughs> yeah. championship because okay. when they went down, they went down like. Under just a cloud in a disgraceful sob fest. Yeah, like they've not wiped the tears off. No, the and, and as much as anything, I would love to see Bielsa in the Premier League. Um, mm. And then, yeah, in the <clears throat> the playoff race is looking very close. Like West Brom, is, um, it looks as though, in terms of playoffs, um, obviously one of Sheffield United and Leeds, uh, West Brom will definitely be there. Yeah. Um, and then City are in the box seat, but it's still pretty close. And then you know, it's one of probably seven but teams. Villa look like the form team. They've they do, gone yeah. on a massive run um, and they seem to have got themselves together at the right time. And a club the size of Villa, you think if they go on a run at that right point, they could yeah. just burst them through. Unfortunately, I think that Villa will go up by the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I think... Uh, it's interesting. You wanted to talk about uh, Bristol City. I actually wanted to talk about Bristol City too, Rog. Okay. Wow. Do you know that Bristol City changed... I'm going to be quite complimentary in a weird way because it's not a very good story, I guess. But they they changed football completely in the United Kingdom. Wow. They, they were pioneers in 1982. So they were the first football club to ever go into administration, not be able to pay all of their debt, and then have someone re-buy them out under, the, under a pseudo-company, wipe off all their debts, 
kill all of the contracts they had with all of their players and all of their suppliers. And it was called phoenixing, rising from the ashes. As Brit- so, in modern times, or like a plane crash, like you. It's exactly right. Yeah. So, so, in modern times, we saw it with Rangers. Yeah. What was it? Seven years ago, eight years ago, Rangers couldn't pay their debts. Rangers went bust. They had to sell Ibrox. Yeah. But essentially, they were bought out by Rangers PLC. Yes, yeah, so and then separate uh, company. All of the debts, all of the player contracts, every transfer fee they owed to any other club in the world got completely scrapped because Rangers didn't exist anymore. However, a separate company called Rangers PLC came in and bought the stadium and they offered new contracts to the players they wanted to keep and the players that they couldn't pay the wages to, they just let go. Bristol City were the first club in Britain to do that. Wow. They did that. The very next year, four other clubs did it. So they led the way at being Pioneers. shit. So the, but this is the interesting point. So before that, so there are 92 clubs in English football, yeah. British football, English football English leagues. Football. Uh, there have only ever been 95 clubs. Yeah, okay. So before Bristol City did that in 1982, there are only three clubs that have completely liquidated. Well, wow. it's, it's, it's interesting. So Aldershot are one. Yep. Uh, Maidstone United. Yep. And... New Brighton Tower. Well, I don't know who New Brighton they, Tower is. They're the only clubs in British footballing history that have ever completely liquidated. Every other club before Bristol City in 1982, their plane crashed. However, they found a way to refinance and pay off their debts. They got relegated, got relegated. They, they went out of the Football League, got back. But Bristol City deciphered a plan to try and stay where they were in their league position by going completely bankrupt, selling themselves to themselves as a brand new company, cancelling all the contracts for every bit of money they owed across the across the world and starting again in 1982. Oh, we're Bristol City PLC and we're going to start again. But amazingly, at the time where they were going through this, there was a day where everything was for sale, of course, and a developer came in and was trying to buy the stadium. What's the ground called? Ashton Ashton Gate. Gate. Was trying to buy it to build houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I remember that. Bit. So these, these blokes who created Bristol City yeah. PLC, whatever it was called, had to be super quick or else it was all going to completely fall apart. <laughs> but that set a structure up. So as I say, in, in the next four years, clubs were doing it left, right and centre. And the only reason why Rangers could do what they did was because of the pioneers yeah. of self-destruction who were Bristol City. There we wow. go. Now we've just got a billionaire owner, which makes, oh, yeah. easier. It makes everything but easy. The, um, the only other things I wanted to say on Championship, yeah. uh, Bristol City, there's a young guy playing for us this year on loan from Chelsea, Jay De Silva. Okay. Uh, last few weeks has been brilliant. I, I've got a feeling we might see him in the Premier yeah. League next year. Um, the other one is I just want to shout out to Graham Potter at Swansea. Oh, yeah. Um, they won again at the weekend. They're managing to just about hang around the playoff picture. Now, the reason I wanted to shout out to Graham Potter is because we all watched the Sunderland documentary yeah. um, and saw what can happen at a club when the owners are disengaged and their assets stripping and just all the money's being drawn out of the club. Now, that is happening at Swansea at the moment, and yet. They, Potter and the players are managing to hold it together enough that they're not, you know, battling for relegation down, down right down at the foot of the table. They're actually still just about in the playoff picture. And I think to do that, there's a lot of stuff, and that is like papering over all the bad stuff yeah, that's happening. Yeah. And it's that that stuff's not in the news. But I guarantee that club at the moment is a shit place to be. And there's all this stuff happening and money. It wouldn't surprise me if people aren't getting, getting paid. paid. Yeah. And I'm a little bit nervous about what might happen at the end of the year next year. But I think as a manager, he deserves an enormous amount of credit. And I think we will 
you know, see him around for a while yet. He's a, I think he's a good manager. CC Swansea won 3 0 this morning. Yeah, yeah, Australian time this morning. Yeah. I can't remember who yeah. they beat. Uh, it's talking about Graham Potter. Daniel James scored again. Yeah. Daniel James scored twice. Yeah. Did you see Graham Potter's comments on Daniel James? No. He said, "In honesty, it, this is the best individual performance I've ever seen." And he goes, "If, if we're all going to be honest with ourselves, he is way too good for the championship." Wow. Uh, that what amazing honesty awesome. from a coach it's absolutely brilliant but I guess he knows that's 35 million pounds that will pay off their debts they're just true. glad they didn't they were going to sell him for about 5 million yeah, to so just, um, does anyone it. have any side stories before we go on to end feature I've got one I'll go on then Rog uh, and it's another local one oh. uh, close to my heart uh, did you ever go to Western Supermare Yes. So you go to the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Western Where you can Super ride Man. a donkey along the beach. And the beach is like, it takes about three miles just to get to the sea, and it's just mud. But yeah. these days, it's local. We live in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. Western Supermare is. We've lived here for 15 years now, right? 22,000 miles away from local. It, it's where I'm from. But anyway, um, <laughs> Western Supermare. I thought you were from the mean streets of Bristol. Have a, have, well, I am. <laughs> West, it's the closest beach. The mud beach. Yeah, the, the mud, mud beach, beach is the closest beach to Bristol. But anyway, Western Supermare, interesting fact, are the have the longest run in English football without getting relegated. Okay. Now, they're in a fairly Mickey Mouse league, league yeah. but they have never been relegated as a football club since 1887 when they That's were formed. Amazing. They're currently bottom of the league, and they won uh, uh, overnight um, to just about give them a sniff. But they're look, they're I think they're about five points adrift with only a few games left. So they're looking, it's looking like we could see the end of the longest run in English football without getting relegated. You say that they're having a super mare. Yeah, I knew, I, I knew there'd be something. Like that, but, yeah. Um, did everyone see you promoting Friend of the Shed's oh, miss this week? Yes, that was my side story. It's the best miss, special. The best miss of all time. Um, if you've not seen it, watch it online. Also, have everyone seen Rooney's red card in the MLS? No. Real dirty. Like, yeah, it's a feel. real bad challenge. They were 3-0 down against um, Los Angeles FC, or whatever they're called, LAFC. And um, he's, just, he's done a classic Rooney, tried to take it on and then gone off oh, kicked it too far and just shin high studs out straight down the back of the guy's leg <laughs> it's funny the um i remember uh, there's a there's a uh, football analysis show here in australia that every now and then there's something called ref watch yeah. where they talk to referees and they said that as soon as you you see a poor first touch by a player be alert, yeah. because what they do to recover from a poor first touch is often something which is breaking the rules. Yeah, they dive in. The, the mature player, the the Gareth Barrys, or the will not do that. Yeah. But then the players that are like Wayne Rooney, who've got something about them, yeah. they'll take a poor first touch and go, "No, I can get this back." Yeah. I'll tell you, I can get this yeah. back, and they'll realise that yeah. they're not sixteen and they're, anymore, and, and they're frustrated at themselves. It's like, "Oh shit, yeah. I've got to make this up," and they've got to make it up for their teammates. Yeah. Know that they're doing everything they can to make it up, yeah. and then they just fucking kick you in the nuts, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so MLS watch this week, Rooney, and it was done on VAR. He recently got a yellow card for it. You yeah. see, so he got a yellow card. VAR called it red. I think VAR is the greatest thing that's ever happened ever. We're going to go on to end feature. Because I'm not. Just had to throw that in there, didn't you? I'm not, I'm not going to rise to it. I'm going to rise to it, John. Got a Hold me back. <laughs> we'll call that one the anti-VAR song. Um, in this week's end feature, there was two winners. Uh, yes. Here one. we go. 
um, betting on Liverpool go. and Leicester, <coughs> and Jeff won for betting on Everton, but Rog lost. So in the standings, with about five weeks left, Jeff's on $147, I'm on $320, and Rog is on $568, which means we've broken the $1,000 mark for the year. So it's pretty impressive. can I just oh. confirm that even though it's been a roller coaster of misery, mm-hmm. we are still, as a unit, we are up this We're year. We're up $77 for the year. Oh, what a, so much fun. <laughs> I hope you're playing along at home. Yeah. You're just just bet, bet on everything. Go to Taco Bell. <laughs> but you've heard of Taco Bell they sell tacos yeah. not bells I mean 50-50 isn't it really quick <laughs> um, what's your bet Jeff? I think that Cardiff are going to beat Burnley okay now I think that because it, it's a situation bet you know, and I know we always make mistakes on situation bets but if Cardiff don't beat Burnley they are gone. Yes. And I think it, Neil Warnock, for all his faults, which he has many, can motivate a side <laughs> for an individual game where it's do or die, do or die. So basically, this is a big, fat, keep out the immigrants, beat Burnley game. What's the paying? $4.50. $4.50. And Rog, what's your bet? Uh, I've also gone relegation battle. I've gone over two and a half goals Brighton and Bournemouth yeah, mainly because it's Eddie Howe uh, and I think Southampton will beat Wolves and yeah okay is big game paying $5.19 $5.19 so you're uh, not scared that I'm going to catch you Rog no just going big um, I've gone for Leicester to beat Newcastle and Brighton to beat Bournemouth because I think Brighton have to win that oh. game Oh, I like that. We've got, uh, got the same games, but different. And that's paying three ninety You've gone Brighton to beat Bournemouth. Brighton to beat Bournemouth. Because Bournemouth have won one game in the last 736 <laughs> yeah. away from home. <laughs> and it's Eddie That's a fact. Um, yeah. And they're safe. And so they're, they're safe. Are they safe? Well, they're not mathematically safe, but they will be. Yeah. Oh, I, would lo- I would love it if they get dragged <laughs> no, in. No, there is no way that Cardiff are getting another 10 points out of these last few No, you're right. Nine is the absolute max. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, agree. Um, have anyone got anything else before we go? Uh, no. no. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week. As always, if you want to get in touch, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com um, or you can just find us on instagram and facebook just search football shed and don't forget to leave us a review and thanks for listening we'll be back next week bye see ya that was really bassy it's getting worse <laughs>